What is up, my friends and fellow busy bees? Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll already know a little bit about me and my backstory of how I first got into furniture refinishing and a little bit of what my life looked like before that. But for those of you who are new to the podcast, I wanted to give some backstory before jumping into the beef of today's episode, because I think there's a couple lessons we can learn from it, and I think it can provide some helpful context for what we're going to get into. So let's take a little trip back down memory lane. It all began on Saturday, January 16th, 1993, in the early hours of the morning around 7.21am, when I made my first appearance into this world. Just kidding, we won't go back quite that far, but basically, I come from the world of social services. I did my undergrad and graduate programs in criminology and victimology, and then after post-secondary, I started working frontline in a men's homeless shelter, and then a young women's transitional housing, kind of at the same time, I was working casual, and then I spent some time working as a housing-based case manager for Indigenous youth and then found myself in a cushy government gig as a caseworker, providing financial assistance to those in need. I was then looking for a little bit of a change from the frontline caseworker-type roles and moved into a program coordinator role, rolling out an anti-racism strategy that was the first of its kind in the organization that I was working in. And then just before I decided to go full-time in Mel Did It Herself, I was working as a program support consultant in social services, helping to roll out programs and budgets and analyzing and compiling reports and some other fun stuff like that. There was always something new. And looking back on that trajectory, I was always just doing the next best thing that interested me and had a component to it that allowed me to learn more or work with a different type of clientele or expand my knowledge and skill set in a new way. I learned the people skills from frontline work, being thrown in in a very big way, having to learn to react calmly in really substantial crisis, how to set good boundaries, have clear and effective communication, and how to connect with people and support them in a sincere, empathetic, but productive and action-oriented way. My caseworker roles helped me to juggle competing priorities and get effective at handling a large amount of clients. For context, my caseload would often be over 150 files, which could be anywhere between 150 to like 900 people in total, depending how big the family was. So I had to get really good at staying organized and on track and set up systems that were effective for myself in order to do this. Then moving into more project-based and consultant work, this is where my business knowledge and acumen began to flourish, and I learned business strategies and what goes into the back end of projects and project management and fostering and maintaining stakeholder relationships and writing reports, which was totally new territory for me. And there was times when I was effectively the only person writing a 30 or 50 page report that was going straight to council. So it was just a lot of new learning, stuff that I had never done before, but was eager to take on and learn from. So there's two points that I wanna make in telling you all of this. Well, I guess three, really. So the first being just, I like letting you guys in and getting to know me a little bit better. I mean, we're friends, right? So happy to share some of my backstory with you and maybe you can relate in some way if you come from a similar background. But also to show how our trajectories can 
at the time seem sort of random or like maybe they don't always make the most sense in the moment, but that you can take all of those little pieces of what you pick up at every stage of your journey and bring all of the best parts together to mold it into something that you really love. So I hope that resonates for some of you out there who maybe feel like you aren't yet where you ultimately want to be. Look around at the opportunities and the knowledge and resources around you currently and take in what you can now that you can bring with you later on. Even if you're maybe in a role that isn't your favorite or you don't love it, see what you can find that you can take with you and really benefit from and make the most of that time in that role. And the third thing is that in all of these areas, you can pick up tools and knowledge of software and use your time to do other personal and professional development. I just hit puberty there. Professional development that will give you those things that can come together later one day to run your business in a way that doesn't feel super overwhelming to you and is run by tools and websites and platforms that you're familiar with and that you really enjoy instead of having to learn everything from scratch. Which leads me to today's episode, because as I was plugging away at the various types of work that I do in a day, I realized that although I'm a solopreneur doing everything in my business, I really do have a big tool belt of products that I utilize in order to get everything accomplished in my day-to-day. With technology advancing at really rapid rates, there are endless apps and tools and software and other gadgets and websites that can help you streamline things in your furniture painting and refinishing business or whatever business or side hustle that you might have. So it can get really confusing when you're trying to decide what to use just because there's so much to choose from. So I wanted to bring you six tools that I have in my toolbox that I enjoy using that I wanted to share with you that can be a bit of a starting point. A lot of these things are really personal preference of whether or not you enjoy the user interface and know how to use the tools or are willing to invest the time to learn how to use those tools. So feel free to try them out, but just know that if you check it out and feel it really isn't for you, there are probably hundreds of other options on the market that you could check out that effectively do the same thing, but just a little bit differently. So do some research to find your own personalized tool belt that can fuel you and your business as you go on. But I hope this helps to conjure up some ideas, if nothing else. So the first tool that I utilize is Google Drive. This is where I store pretty much everything for my business, honestly. Any high-level planning and strategy I plan out for the business, my podcast episode ideas and show notes, my brand partnership contracts, CRM and media kit and rate card, my client testimonials, my feeling inspired folder, and shout out to those of you who know what that is from a previous episode that I mentioned it in, my notes from my coaching and consulting sessions, my goal planning and personal development workbooks and resources, and my curated things for my Friday Furniture Focus newsletter, as well as any invoices and tax-related documents, all get housed in my Google Drive. For anyone who isn't familiar, Google Drive is cloud storage for documents, spreadsheets, photos, and other files that you want to keep accessible, whether you're on your laptop, your phone, your tablet, or any other gadget, and it can be accessed anywhere in the world with an internet connection. Anybody who has a Gmail email account has access to Google Drive for free, though you do need to upgrade eventually if you fill up the storage that they allot to you. But honestly, the free amount goes a really long way because if you create any documents or spreadsheets using the Google version, it doesn't take up any of that storage space. 
So for example, if you uploaded a Word document into your Google Drive, it would use up like a marginal amount of storage space. But if you instead copied the information from that Word doc into a Google Doc and put it into your Google Drive, that wouldn't use up any of the space. Fun fact, while I was in university, I actually worked for many years at a real estate office doing admin work as a receptionist. And one summer I got hired to be their Google guide. Like that was literally my title, which I think is hilarious. I still have like the nameplate that said it that went on my door. And so I know a lot about the suite of Google products in comparison to some of the other competitors that have this cloud storage, like Dropbox and others. Um, but those are definitely options that perform a very similar function. So again, figure out what works for you, but this one is there if you didn't know, if you have a Gmail account. Overall, I think having a cloud document storage system like this, whichever you use, is really critical to many small business owners as a place to house everything that you need. The major key here is to set it up and get it organized and working well for you before you really need it. And when things are starting to get jumbled and hard to find on your desktop or your computer and all of that, because it will just save you so much time and probably a headache or two of you trying to locate things or losing things and having to recreate them. Just do it early on and you can add as you go. Just create a folder system that makes sense for you within it. And then you can find everything. There is a search tool as well that helps you to find things, but for me, having it categorized into a folder system is just way more efficient and makes more sense. And then, like I said, you can access it wherever you are, whether you're traveling and have your laptop, are at home and maybe working from a desktop computer, or if you remember that you need to check something while you're in the checkout line at the grocery store and need to take a peek while you only have your phone on you. Just super handy. And when you eventually are able to hire freelancers or your own employees, then it's ready to go. You can share the access with people and everyone can easily access the documents that they need to perform their tasks as well. The next tool that I use and invest in, AKA, yes, I spend money on it to upgrade it to something that works for me and my needs is iCloud. I create a lot of content, you may have noticed. And for however much content I create and put out there, I have about 50 times the amount of content on my phone that I have recorded as raw footage. There was a time when I had an iPhone that only had like 60 gigabytes of space on it, and I found myself spending a lot of time going through my camera roll and deleting pictures and videos that I didn't want or didn't need anymore, or I would create folders in my Google Drive to upload videos and photos that I thought I might want one day so that I could offload some of that storage space on my phone. That just seemed to be the most effective thing to do because there's always like bloatware on our phones, you know, that take up space, but I don't necessarily know how to get rid of it. And anyways, I could tangibly see that eliminating storage space and I would offload apps that I wasn't actively using and stuff. And it was a whole thing. But eventually my husband, my little guardian angel, just came home one day and was like, I got you a 500 gigabyte phone so you can stop having to waste your time doing that because he knew that I would never pull the trigger to just invest in something like that that would help me out so much for myself. Thank God, God bless Mr. Mel did it herself. Which it did help me out so much, way more storage, plus a way better camera for a very marginal increase on our phone bill. So it made total sense. And again, you can claim a partial amount of your phone bill as a business expense as well. So if you've been putting off something like that because of the cost difference, just remember that that all comes back at tax time in one way or another. 
So once I had this phone with so much storage, I was able to go fast and loose with recording content and I didn't have to be so vigilant about offloading the apps that I wasn't using actively and getting rid of photos and videos and finding ways to empty off storage space. I was also just recording way more content, so I was putting way more content out there and taking like organic UGC content as I was out and about and stuff, so it really all worked out great. But wouldn't you know, I eventually found that my storage was getting decently filled up, and so eventually my iCloud was full and no longer being backed up in the cloud. So in theory, that's fine, except for if I ended up losing my phone or breaking it or I don't know it fell in the toilet, and then I would lose everything that I had recorded past the point of the iCloud filling up, which is bad, especially when it came to my UGC work and brand partnerships, because there could be times when a brand comes back months later wanting to maybe rework a piece of content for a new campaign, or even requesting raw footage and things like that. And if I no longer had it, that could be breaking the terms of a contract that I had signed potentially. So I upgraded my iCloud to... I think it's like two terabytes now, which God help me if I ever fill up. It's $13 a month, I believe, for that plan. But if you don't need quite as aggressive an amount of storage, because that is a ton, the 200 gigabyte plan is $4 a month. And you can share that space with your family too, if needed. So it's super affordable. I know I was definitely anxious about spending money on any apps or services or anything at the beginning of my business because ultimately I just wanted to keep expenses as low as possible so my profits and the money in my pocket would be as high as possible. But you get to a point where you realize that investing money in things that are going to save you time, effort, and energy are absolutely crucial investments to make if you don't want to burn yourself out. So if you are someone who finds yourself in that mindset of being like, "Ah, I can't pay for that. I always just need to find the free options. Just promise me that if things start to get too hectic and busy, you will give yourself permission to offload some things by putting a bit of money into the things that can basically act as a team for you and help you to get some of your tasks done. Please and thank you. Just promise me that because you will get to that point. Trust me. The third tool that I have in my toolbox is called MailTrack and it's an extension that you can add onto your Gmail account. Again, a Google product, but I'm sure there's similar options depending on your email provider. This is kind of sneaky, but it is incredible. And I often wonder who may be emailing me that has this installed too. So it actually really kicks my ass into gear, kind of out of shame and guilt to reply to people in a timely manner. But I mean, whatever works, it's good business sense, whatever's fueling my fire. And basically, you can connect this mail track to your email account, so then it lets you know when people open your emails or if they haven't. Simple as that. There is a paid version that probably offers more features, but I've never really looked into it because the free option works great for me. And this is amazing for when I'm pitching brands and to know whether or not to follow up with them. Or if I see that it's been a long time and one hasn't been opened, then it can also be an indicator that my email went into spam, especially if there were links or attachments in the email, which I did early on but have since learned better. It really is just a very basic tool, but again, I find it saves me so much time because I'm not having to be annoying and following up more than it's necessary with people who are just busy and haven't gotten to my email yet. So that keeps relationships good and positive, and if you're someone who can get anxious or antsy when you're waiting for replies from people and you're like, did they get it? Have they read it? Whatever. It's a really good way to ease your worries to know that the person has seen the email. So if you haven't gotten a reply back yet, 
presumably they're getting the information you needed together and they'll get back to you. It also notifies you when your email gets opened a bunch of times in a short period of time. I think they call it a hot streak. So that's usually a good indicator that the person is working on a reply to you and you'll hear back from them soon. So if I've ever emailed you and you ghosted me, just know that I know. Just kidding. Well, not really kidding because I do know, but I won't hold it against you. People are busy, I know. The fourth tool that I use is the accounting software that keeps me sane at tax time, which is QuickBooks. I use the self-employed version. I have dedicated a full episode to this in the past, so I won't spend too much time talking about it today, but you can go back and listen to episode 36 if you want to know more details of exactly how I use it and specifically how I use it for my furniture refinishing business. But essentially, this is an app and website that I use to keep track of all of my income, expenses, and mileage that is used for business purposes throughout the year. I just find it to be a really easy-to-use software. They recently made some changes that help to save time when inputting certain things too, which is amazing. And you can upload photos of your receipts in there as well. So it's really just a one-stop shop at tax time especially if you're going to be filing your own taxes. It sets everything up in a way that's just super streamlined and aligns with your tax reporting agency. So you have all the categories of the things. It tells you what should go in there and that kind of stuff. So just super straightforward for someone who has no idea what to do for taxes. There's also an invoicing option within it. So this is what I use when sending out estimates for custom projects. I can include the cost of the project, any details on delivery and other things the client may be responsible for. And it has the details for the deposit I require. I can just save that as a template and then edit it to match the project that the estimate is being requested for. It's super easy and inexpensive. I think it's $14 a month if I recall correctly, and it's worth every penny in my opinion. I do have a code because I am a QuickBooks affiliate because I love it so much and I reached out to them. So if you are interested in trying it out, you can grab that link in the show notes of this episode and it will give you 30% off your first six months of a subscription. Again, it's something I highly recommend investing some money in or else I promise you, you will pay far more money at tax time to have someone do your business taxes for you and it will be a big messy mess trying to find all the information that you need if you don't start keeping track of this stuff in one spot now. Even if you don't know if you wanna grow the business, even if you think maybe you're too small for it to really matter and you can just do it quickly come tax time, it's so much quicker to like once a week or once a month or once a quarter, just pop everything in and keep it updated like that versus having to dedicate like a large chunk of time. One time I had to pretty much allocate a week's time because you never really want to sit down and like input expenses for like a full day. So it took me like a week to do it because I had to do it multiple hours every single day, going back, going through credit card statements and e-transfers and receipts and all these things, looking up my hydro bills and mortgage payments, like all this stuff. There's so many spots where things can come in. So find somewhere that you can consolidate, whether you use this software or you find another one that works better for you, or you get an accountant to put together a spreadsheet for you. I highly, highly, highly recommend you start now, again, before you need it, before your business pops off, because you will regret not having done it sooner. And especially if you get audited, I know people going through this right now, and it is not a good time, so you want to be prepared and organized early on. Okay, I'll get off my high horse now. 
So the fifth tool that I use is what I use to edit all of my photos and videos that I post across social media accounts and that I also use for my UGC work, creating content for brands to post on their social media accounts and use on their websites and in email marketing. I feel like I've said that a couple times today. UGC is user-generated content. I don't know if people know that. And the app is called InShot. I use the free version and it has a ton of functions. And although it starts off with a watermark on your content when you download it, there is a way in the settings to turn that off, just an FYI. And I find InShot is just an easy to use interface. You can crop and split and edit clips easily. You can add in text in the app if you want. You can add filters or adjust the lighting or add watermarks or other things to your videos and photos super easily. You do need to wait for an ad to play after you download your video. So that's the only downside of the free version, but you know, whatever, it's all give and take. You're getting a great app for free. So they're going to try and make money somehow. I get it. I recently recommended this app to a client that I'm working with doing some consulting work to help her grow her social media accounts and putting together a content strategy. And she absolutely loves it as well. She uses it diligently now. So if you don't have an app that you already use and love, try out InShot and I hope you like this one too. I do believe it's available on desktop as well. I just edit all my content on my phone because that's where I capture it. The last tool that I'm going to walk you through for today, because realistically there's way more than six tools in my tool belt that I use on the regular, is Canva. Oh, Canva, how I love thee. Now listen, I truly do not think that I have any sort of creative abilities when it comes to graphic design and pairing fonts and colors and all of that stuff in a digital context. I just don't, and I don't dedicate enough time to learning how to get better at it. But with all of the templates that are available on Canva, I can use those as a starting off point and then tailor them to meet my needs and integrate the fonts and colors that I often use and that mesh well with my branding to create things that just look far more aesthetic and cohesive than they otherwise would if I had designed them from scratch. Trust me on that one. With Canva, Again, I use the free version, although I will say the paid version does look like it offers a ton of really useful features and they have a lot of like AI stuff coming out, which is pretty cool. So this is one of the apps that might really be worth investing in, like upgrading the version. I only use the templates that are available for the free plan and there are a lot of them, although it is more limited. But for people who use Canva a ton, they would maybe look at my designs and my visuals and know that they're Canva templates originally. But honestly, I just can't be fucked to spend too much time on creating carousel posts and cover images and things like that and making them look perfect. I have enough that I'm already trying to pack into my days. So this works great for my needs. It gets the job done. Maybe as I work through my list of other things to learn, I'll add graphic design or get somebody to do my branding for me so that I can just plug and play. But for now, this is working great. And I think it's a great free resource for anyone who has a small business but doesn't feel graphic designed inclined. I think this is an app that most people probably already know about. I say app. It's also a website. Um, But if you don't, definitely recommend you check it out. And something you may not know about me, I love little motivational messages. They always get me fired up, so I keep a running list of ones that are especially catchy or speak to me in the notes app on my phone, and I end every podcast episode with one of those that I've noted down over the years in hopes that you leave our time here each week feeling inspired, motivated, and ready to take on whatever comes your way this week. So this week's Mel's motivational message is, it doesn't help if you row harder in the wrong direction.
with whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, whatever goal you're trying to hit in your business or side hustle, whatever personal goals and growth you're trying to achieve. Maybe they're financial, maybe they have to do with friends and family or your health and wellness or in your job or hobbies. If you're doing the wrong things to achieve that goal, it's not going to help if you row harder in the wrong direction and push harder and push more frequently by doing those things if they're not the right things to be doing. So when we talk about utilizing tools and apps and paid services that help us out and when we shy away from those or we're scared to invest money in those things and instead try and be a hero and take it all on ourselves and spend every waking hour running around like a chicken with our head cut off. We're rowing super hard, but it's probably not in the right direction. It's probably in the direction of burnout and exhaustion. So I highly recommend taking a step back, looking at what things you can offload, even if it's a matter of having somebody close to you give you a hand if money is really tight and maybe you just don't have the money coming in in your business or whatever it may be to invest and you're just at the very starting stages, look around at the people around you. I'm sure you have a tribe around you that is encouraging you and supporting you and wants to see you succeed and see if there's places that maybe they can help out so that you can allocate more of your time to those things that you're trying to do, but also work in rest and time for yourself. So if you're responsible for all of the child care or all of the cooking or all of the errands in your household, maybe you ask your partner or a friend or a parent or someone if they can take over that one day a week and you use that time to then dedicate to those tasks that you would ideally like to invest in a freelancer or someone to help you out. Maybe it's editing your videos. Maybe it's putting together your website. Maybe it's having time to get to the gym or meal plans so you're eating healthier things or meal prep so you don't have to spend time every day cooking and cleaning and planning and all those things. Don't be afraid to ask for help and look at those goals that you're trying to achieve and figure out what you need to do to get there and if the things that you're currently doing are conducive to reaching that because sometimes we'll start doing things and we'll add on things that we're doing thinking that we're trying to reach a certain goal and the things that we're doing will lead us there But it's helpful to take a step back every once in a while and look objectively at what's happening at the situation of you and ask yourself if the things that you're doing are actually things that are going to get you to that greater goal or if they're kind of things that are taking up a lot of time but maybe aren't reaping as many rewards. There is an 80-20 rule that says that 80% of your results will come from 20% of your effort. And the rest of the things that we're doing are just kind of things that we think are important, like maybe spending too much time looking at your branding colors and the fonts you use and the things that maybe overall improve the look and the aesthetic of your brand. But at the end of the day, people aren't really critiquing or making a decision whether or not to hire you based on that. So figure out if you're actually rowing in the right direction and the things that you can do and utilize and the resources that exist that can help to get you there sooner. It doesn't help if you row harder in the wrong direction. You are not going to reach that goal. And I so want you to get there. So I hope that these pointers help you out. I hope these tools can be something that assists you in what you're doing. And I'm rooting for you. Remember that. All right, that's it for now. I appreciate your time and I will catch you guys next week.